My favorite shirts are the the Cerner engineering shirts. <laughs> with the Legos? Never... Aren't those like Gildens or something? I don't I know. A, I, had... I have a Cerner with with Lego people. I have one with like these eight bit people sword fighting. Oh, I thought they were Lego people. Oh, I don't know. They're super comfy. That's my favorite pajama shirt. It is also my pajama shirt. Because I have no idea. I have no idea what Cerner does. <laughs> They're at Strange Loop every year. Speaking of Strange Loop, although I was distracted, Data Dog does have a good T-shirt. I was. Uh... Are you going to Strange Loop? Oh yeah. Oh you're. Oh oh oh. Oh sorry. No, we transitioned to the topic on accident. It happened. Yeah. Mike <laughs> caught it. We accidentally talked about programming. And yeah. So the topic is conferences. Conferences. May we know them. May we go to them. May we get free T-shirts from them. Um, but yeah, conferences. Why? Which? How do you decide which to go to? How do you decide what's a good conference? Do you, are there some conferences you go back to like year over year? Or you just go once and then you're over it. So many things we could talk about with conferences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Leave space in your suitcase. Mm. So you always leave space in your suitcase. I always leave it for like other things I'm bringing home, possibly like. Maybe I buy some bags of coffee wherever I'm visiting or hot wine for my brother or sister-in-law that really like wine. You check bags? Well, sometimes. If your company has a conference in Napa, oh, it's uh, it's going to bring uh, wine home for your family. Uh-huh. Also, sometimes we go for a really long time. Like if you go for a week. Yeah, then I check. Although, yeah. I mean, I've traveled for a week without checking. But... Yeah, I, I have no qualms with wearing the same pair of jeans right. all week long. That's like better than checking a bag yeah but it's really fun to be able to you know carry liquids it's fun did we talk about this that i did a a whiskey swap when i went to google io whiskey swap. so that's why i checked a bag it was because my uh my buddy steve uh who's a google maps gde uh really cool guy uh he is scottish and I'm from Kentucky, and so we did a whiskey swap. So thus I had to check a bag, because I needed to bring bourbon out and whiskey back. Scotch back. Uh, I haven't opened it yet, because we wanted to open it on video. Possibly while talking about TensorFlow. So instead of, like, drunk history, you could be, like, drunk machine learning. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, there's... Every video show is already done. Like, let's go through this tutorial together. Like, all of my ideas are done, and it's like, well... Let's just do what we want. Because he's actually done a course on... So there's this TensorFlow for Poets. It's probably the most popular TensorFlow tutorial. And then he's actually done a course at university about TensorFlow. So the idea would be that I do the tutorial for noobs. And then he helps me helps talk me through the, like, the more advanced material. Like TensorFlow, but for real. What the hell is this? That sounds cool. Yeah, I don't know. So what's something you all look for in a conference if you're going to decide whether or not you're going to attend it? Will my company pay for it? <laughs> yeah, there's like some pretty strong ones. <laughs> is the schedule conflicting with like other, like is during the week better, during the weekend better for, you know, other family responsibilities? I always pick during the week personally. Uh, do you invite a new Nazi to speak <laughs> at your conference? See, uh, there you go. <laughs> they like, were. Um, there's like the first pass is like, is it actually objectionable? <laughs> Do they have a stance where they're anti codes of conduct or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, there's one. like a. Do you pass the lowest bar? 
<laughs> first step. They had a controversy this year again also. It was, uh, I'm assuming we're talking about the same conference. I don't think we need to subtweet LambdaConf. Yeah, no. <laughs> and if there's multiple, you can name them. They invited a red pillar to do the keynote. and Yeah, it's almost like there's a pattern here with the people they're picking. That's a weird group of people there. <laughs> well, that got dark real fast. <laughs> That's a positive thing you look for in a conference. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't, this isn't a deal breaker for me, but I think I find it really nice when there's nice surrounding social activities or like some sort of clear means to meet other people and things like that. Like the strangeship comes to mind because they have a really great pre-party and I love their pre-party. Oh, a pre-party sounds good as opposed to like meeting people no. when the conference is over and being like, oh, you were cool, oh, we should have hanged out, but I'll probably never see you again. Yeah, or, well, you know, funny, in equivalent to that probably, which is kind of an after the fact, but I think it still works, is uh, like PyCon sprints. So, like, PyCon sprints happen after PyCon, or at least they did years ago. Maybe they, I don't know if they happened before now. But, like, I met so many people at sprints, and... That, you know, most of the people I met at PyCon the year I went, I met because we were vegetarians. And that's fine. <laughs> as a means to meet people. But, you know, that's not available to a lot of people. Did you say PyCon sprints. sprint? So sprints. sprints so at PyCon and some conferences like it, like DjangoCon they will often follow the conference with sprints, which are open source sprints. So maintainers of major libraries make sure to show up. Uh, and if nothing else for sprints, because people can stay after and contribute to open source in a dedicated space. Like they keep the, usually keep the same conference space or something like it so that people can stay and contribute to open source. I think of a sprint as like a period of time where I'm going to complete tickets. Like I would call that like a hackathon. Mm. What makes it a sprint? I, I mean, maybe that's what Sketch. they're doing. It's, I mean, the it's also like, it's really kind say. of like a lot of times, the only times these teams meet up in person. So their important things can happen because they can actually see each other in person. I used to go to Ruby only conferences and then I realized that multi-discipline conferences are way better. No, there's nothing wrong with a Ruby-only conference, but the topics, there are way more topics and way, usually you see the same people at Ruby conferences or yeah, or the conferences that are the same topic every year. Sometimes the tracks, whether it's single track or multi-track, multi-track could be stressful. Single track is easier. Yeah, single track is easier. There's less decision paralysis. Are you thinking of Bang Bang Con? Yeah, Bang Bang Con was because that was also easy. that managed to be multi-topic, but also single track. Yep. Some of the best talks I've seen were talks that I didn't really expect to like. If you're interested enough about in a topic to like know that you want to go to it, a lot of times you're not going to get a lot out mm-hmm. of that talk. But sometimes you're just surprised by some topic you, you know, don't really know anything about, have no expectations for. I like to balance it though. Like, if I go to, I think of some some talks I think of as brain hurdy talks, and I try to budget brain hurdy talks, like things I know completely nothing about and have to you know furiously Google everything. 
Yeah, I, I always had the idea that I want to like go to other talks that are not something I'm familiar with, but it's usually hard to, you know, guess what I'm going to be interested in. I guess the most recent example is like I like going to AI talks. Um, like there was some TensorFlow, there was a TensorFlow talk at a uh, Philly ETE. Um, just something else that was similar. Um, but it's kind of like a, there, there's pros and cons where if I'm going to get anything out of it, it's probably beginner level. And if it's beginner level, I could probably just like learn that same content somewhere else very easily. I don't know. I enjoy it. I usually just, for some reason, just go to talks that my friends are going to. Conferences with friends is also another topic. Should you go to conferences with your friends, or does it make you only hang out with your friends? That was actually on my list. I think some of the worst, not the worst times, like I've gotten to hang out with those friends, but you know, like three to four people there, and you just hang out all conference. Yeah, and you just like don't meet other Some of the most exciting times. Yeah. I think that, that, that goes both ways. Sometimes the conference... Some of the topics are so heavy that making friends is difficult. And then it's like a relief to have your friends there or a group of friends. Uh, but sometimes you have enough energy to, to make friends and you kind of feel like you're losing out by not making more friends. So going to a conference that you don't know anyone sucks, at least for me. Trevon, I don't know what you're talking about. The last time I went to a conference with you, you invited every person to lunch that like went within 25 minutes <laughs> you just flagged them down but I, I probably knew that person somehow no you didn't no you probably you like didn't. you were just like hey do you want to come to lunch with us we're going to lunch you need to lunch it doesn't matter who it is it could be like martin fowler walking by and Jervon will flag him down and say hey do you want to go to lunch and they'll do it and it's weird so they have no choice <laughs> it's almost like they're people just like us what <laughs> An interesting theory. <laughs> Big or small conferences? Mm. Small's cool, it's but different. at the same time, like I don't. There's not many small ones that I know about long enough ahead of time to actually get a ticket to. But then, what's mm. big? Like, is strange loop? Is strange loop big? So I went to reinvent last year. Yo, reinvent. I was gonna big. ask about Str- that. But strange loop is big, but reinvent is big. Yeah, I think that's like the difference between. Like working for like a company or like a you know a, co- a corporation and working for a mega corporation with the qualification that we're talking about public universities. If the conference population could be that of a public university, we're talking in the tens of thousands. Then let's call it a big conference. Like PyCon is actually is a big conference. Last I heard, unless it's changed. Reinvent. Definitely. I think I would count IO, WWDC. These are all big, right? Would you all agree? I think there's after a certain size, I don't know what it matters. Like after four to five different tracks going on and like a thousand people, like does it even matter anymore? Like you're not going to meet a fraction of the people. You're not going to see a fraction. I think it still matters because there's a certain level of having like now that I went to IO and especially since like that's like big and corporate, the difference between... Like, there was a concert from LCD Sound System. Like, that's a different level of giant conference than Strange Loop. We have a party at the local museum. It's nice. Like, I love it, but it's not 
this ridiculous display of corporate excess. So I think there is still a difference between, you know, a thousand and ten thousand. That's what I'm trying to say. Reinvent was tiring. Like that was the only I guess that was the biggest conference I've been to and there's so many tracks and so much walking and so many people. It's just tiring. So backing up and asking another why, I think we we jumped into like what makes a good conference, but like why do you care about going to conferences in general? Is it just to network? Are you looking to learn something? Or are you just looking to have fun? Or is it something else altogether? So I used to go to conferences to learn. At this point, conferences are more for the people. I was going to say, yeah, I like going to see people I haven't seen in a while. Especially like working remotely. Conferences are like a few times a year to go meet peers and other people. I'm a little burnt on conferences because I think as it became more about the people, the more I was like, I want to stay in Philadelphia and hang out with my own people. But I think that I like I what I'm looking forward to or what I got out of say Hope conference last year and Strange Loop hopefully this year is you know seeing things that help me learn in an environment that's supportive and full of people that I do know and new people that I haven't met but will probably enjoy the company of because we share similar interests. That's my like peak conference experience that I'm looking for that I hope to get from Strange Loop this year. Yeah, there's always the, the learning part and don't... Uh, like I, I guess I, I'm picking conferences that I'm sure I'm going to learn something from. Yeah, I'm never sure. I think I've mentioned Codemash is my favorite conference. Oh, right. But I really don't know if it would be my favorite if I didn't know... Like I've, I lived in Ann Arbor for about five years and have a lot of friends that I only see at Codemash. So I think that's probably what makes it my favorite conference. Although I am always, I'm always thinking like if we ever have kids, I think it would be the best conference to take kids to. They have a, an entire kids track where they can do programming and play games and watch movies the whole time. And it's uh, at the Kalahari, which is in like the biggest indoor water park in North America. So they can also hang out in the water park all day nice that might be a, a i guess that's an important factor for parents more and more conferences or i guess i might know only about two that are doing like a not a kids track but we provide child care type thing well does code match provide child care well he's saying a kids track oh, oh sorry i just care. i heard the water park and i was like water park doesn't mean they have child care like this doesn't that's not how water parks work i mean i'm not sure if it qualifies as child care but they can definitely stay in the kids track all day i think they're supervised i think strange loop says their party is family friendly right like bring your family to the museum yeah and you can bring kids to the museum hang out i mean look at these sessions a kid's world of 3d printing a lego bucket race kids mash open space a kid's first 3d model Creating a mobile game. Yeah, I was about to this. say, like that sounds like a good track. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go to more of these. Sounds great. Any other conference patterns or anti patterns before we talk about speaking at conferences? So for Bang Bang Con, uh, I don't know how I would um, phrase it, but they really pushed. In- inclusivity 
from their code of conduct to like kind of hinting how you should have conversations with each other and like sharing things you shouldn't say to make people feel like an outsider or stuff like that and I thought it made it a better conference like everyone was super friendly and yeah it was just like another level of acceptance at the conference that I thought was nice I guess another thing is uh, I went to Hashi Day earlier this year and they had a on-premise barista. Mm. That, that yeah, I guess here. for a lot of people, the coffee situation is key. Like, that's, like, there's certain table stakes in conferences. Well, I don't mind. Like, if there was not a coffee thing, I would not ding the conference. But not having to leave the venue. What about not having coffee, coffee at is, all? That's fine. Okay. I, I think there are people who don't feel that way. If there's coffee like within walking distance, that's fine. If yeah, if there's no coffee at all anywhere, then I need to leave. <laughs> but leaving is an opportunity to make a friend, right? Hey, I want to go get coffee. Yeah, if your conference is like in you know Society Hill, Philadelphia, that's fine. <laughs> I think we've discussed this back early in season one, but I think most of y'all have contracted before. But I don't know if you contracted for a long time, but. When I was solo contracting, I had a hard time going to conferences because I'd have to pay myself. So I'd have to pay for the flight, pay for the hotel, pay for the conference if I wasn't speaking at it. And that was usually fine. But then I would do the math of also not billing for that time. And then it never seemed justifiable to me to like pay that much to go to a conference. If you're contracting, isn't it a write-off? I mean, it's a write-off, but that doesn't mean it's free. It's like 30% off. (laughs) Yeah. It was not billing that hurt, too. So, Yeah, I think I went like two years with only going to conferences that were local, and I would go like half day and work the other half. It was pretty miserable. (laughs) I think it depends. I haven't run into that situation, but you could look at it as, you know, if the if it's the type of conference that you can potentially get a gig from or a feature gig or something like that, it could be worth it. You have to pick wisely. Yeah, I think we've yeah, we've mostly been talking about conferences from like the personal growth perspective, but there definitely is the there is the networking angle. Like I don't I I mean I would be interested in hearing what you thought about reinvent Jervon, but I don't think I would learn a ton at reinvent. So I thought that too, but reInvent is pretty solid. Um, I learned a ton at reInvent, and one of the things I regret not doing for reInvent is planning ahead. So Amazon tells you to plan ahead, but I was like, why do you need to plan ahead at a conference? I'm just going to pick. You need to like reserve seats, right? You need to reserve seats, and like one talk might be at point A and the next talk that you want to go to is a point B, which is in another hotel or the other side of a hotel. And it just takes forever and you get tired. And <laughs> it's like half a so day. So it sounds like you need to do endurance training. You do. To get a reinvent, you need to be in shape. So I'd be totally be fine. <laughs> but I also am a planner, so I would probably plan. So something like reinvent, and if you were into operations, I could totally see, you know, you going there and... Ha- taking advantage of the hallway track. One of my possible like, kind of controversial conference strategies is that if I know the talks are going to be posted online, I actually won't go to them and just just do the hallway track. 
I figure I can always watch the talks later and watch them on double speed, which is not really possible to do in person. Do you ever watch them? Usually, yeah. I actually do watch a lot of conference talks uh, on YouTube. I I save a lot to my, like, watch later, and I always think I'm going to watch them, but I never actually do. Oh, I mean, I save, like, ten times more than I actually watch, but I do watch conference talks. As an aside, I started listening to podcasts on triple speed, and that's made watching conference talks uh, on YouTube on double speed a lot more bearable. I think you kind of train your your ear to be able to listen to people speak faster. Do you get anything out of it? I think I get more. I think I can keep i mean it's closing in on your actual reading speed which you get things from Mm. and i actually think when i listen to like an audiobook or a podcast on single speed it's harder to keep like my rapt attention uh and if you're listening to something like two and a half speeds you basically have to pay rapt attention or you get lost Uh, sometimes if there is something that's intriguing like just like if you're reading a book I will pause it and just think about what the person just said. So I actually do do that pretty often. You're using Overcast, right? That's the only app that allows you to do triple speed or? It's definitely the only one that does a good triple speed. And I don't know what magic they did, but there's like some other apps that have let you go above double. And for whatever reason, when I tried it, there's just chunks that are just seem missing. Words are just garbled. And whatever magic Overcast is doing, I can actually hear every single word, usually. Another thing conferences start, bigger conferences started doing, or maybe this was always a thing, is a pre-conf or a mm, post-conf. Yeah, like workshops beforehand. Yeah, or like if there's an emerging language that won't get as much um, of a crowd, a big of a crowd, but the people that are going to the actual conference... Might be interested. It's a good, good opportunity. I know Strange Loop has papers we love. Conf. That was pretty good. And the one year I went to RacketCon and that just hurt my brain. So I'd, that was a good one. You went to RacketCon as not a racket programmer? Yeah, it was it was like $40. I was like, oh, another t-shirt. But it was after like three days of Strange Loop and could not retain anything, so I just left. That was one of those conferences that you really needed to know racket. Like, it was about internals and like... I guess that's another thing. Do you leave a talk if you feel like you're not retaining any of it? Or do you pull your laptop out? Depends if there's another talk that I wanted to go to. If I'm between two and I'm in one and, and uh, I'm like five, ten minutes in and I, I realize that it's not going to be for me, then I just go to the other one. Even if you're sitting in the front row? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you should go on the side, but I won't just like sit for half an hour just to be polite. Mm-hmm. If you are going to use your laptop, you should perfect the like college student looking at the speaker while actually typing move. But yeah, if I'm unsure about a talk, I won't. I will not sit up front. How about food options? Do you is that part of your picking? I've been to conferences where it's, the food is super healthy. I mean, it certainly helps me decide if I'm going to come back. It's because depending on how the conference is scheduled. So if a conference provides lunch, but there's no food option for vegans, which I you know I don't think is that extreme of a choice, and it also includes vegetarians. But blah blah whatever. Um, but if it means that I have to go and figure something out, possibly in an unfamiliar city, that's going to make me not want to come back. 
Like, it's a factor. And that I then have to leave, you know, be... But then sometimes if the conference is big enough, like PyCon, it works because then you form the, you know, vegan-vegetarian subculture and you go out to eat together. Did any of you see the app that was launched during WWDC for hanging out? I think I shared it. Um, I think that might be how you saw it. What was it called? Um, Beacon? Yeah, Beacon. Okay. Wait, how did that work? like... You're just like, hey, I'm going to go to this coffee shop now and you can send out a beacon and then people can be like looking for beacons nearby and be like, oh, I want to do that. Basically, the digital version of what Jervon did to make your lunch really crowded. Yeah, it solves that communication problem. It sounds like Tinder for friends. (laughs) Yo, people have been trying to write that for a long time and you know what happens is it turns into Tinder. Oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> that would be horrible. I hope that's not true. I don't know. I haven't didn't hear from any. I wasn't at WDC, so I'm not sure what, how how it went down. So I would say that person that wrote that app or was part of writing that app, she gave a um, the closing keynote. Oh. One day at Strange Loop. Okay. And it was about using technology for the good. I'll I'll post a link to it. You should watch the talk. It was a good yeah, talk. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Because, yeah, I I saw... Uh, so, my friend Sarush, but he posted that on Product Hunt, and that's why I tweeted about it. And so I thought it was his project, but I am guessing it wasn't, since you're saying that... Well, I don't know whose project it is. She posted it. Hey, we did a good job. Oh, then, yeah. Yada, they're yada. Probably, then, yeah. We should go around and just pick our favorite conferences to go to. Oh, yeah. We could do conference picks. Hope and Strange Loop on alternating years. That's my current hope? plan. What's hope? Uh, alternating years? Why, why alternating hope years? Hope Hackers on Planet Earth only happens every other year. Isn't it hard yeah. to get into that one? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, I yeah, bought my ticket a few months ahead of time. Maybe it is the week of, but it was no issue. Okay. They sell a lot of tickets. Like, it's... They're mayor... Like... Hope kind of has a human problem. Like, you want to go outside because the smell of people sometimes is too much. It's that crowded. Mm. Like a giant music concert, in a way. But then you just go outside and, I don't know, hang out with people who shower. Javon, what's, what are your conference picks? I would say Strange Loop and Bang Bang Con. Both happen every year, I think. Mm-hmm. And Strange Loop has grown a little to facilitate more people. But I think they've done it really well. We'll see. This is the first year they're doing two venues, so... Oh. I have oh, faith. Oh, I guess I don't they're... think I was thinking of that. I thought you meant just gradually over the years, but they're actually going to have two talk menus this time? Yeah, but they're going to have a shuttle going back and forth. Uh, oh, that's going to be regularly rough. Okay. That was it. Justin, what would your conference picks be? ETE, because it's in Philly. It's also a really good conference for not having to travel if you're in Philly or nearby. It is pretty great. There's a lot of related talks and a lot, a lot of thought leaders. <laughs> um, a lot of enterprise thought leaders. Yeah, speaking of thought leaders, HashiConf is pretty good too. <laughs> if you want a job, uh, HashiCorp.com slash jobs.html. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so what, that's uh, <laughs> and then you go for free, maybe. 
I'm I'm definitely cutting that out unless yeah. Hashtag sponsors this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, I felt a little embarrassed saying jobs HTML instead of just slash jobs. Is it slash jobs or do you have to put the HTML? It, it, I'm pretty sure you need to put the HTML there. Let's try. It did work. Somebody set up something. You guys are professionals. Hey. All right, take us out, Lynn. Uh, I haven't been to that many conferences in the last year. I haven't been to any of the big ones, but I did go to Deconstruct Conf here in Seattle, put on by Gary Bernhardt, uh, and it was single track. It was really good. They uh, had a strict no computers open policy, which I appreciated. So everybody had to watch the talks with no screens in front of their faces. And um, it was like a hand curated list of speakers, uh, people he thought were good. Uh, and they were all definite A-list speakers and they all also brought their A-games. So it was definitely the best conference talk quality wise that I've seen. And I hope the talks go online because they were, they were really good. And popcorn, right? Oh yeah, there was a slide. Um, computers not allowed. Uh, also there's popcorn in play. Were you born in a barn? Before we close, yeah. if you go to a conference and Gary Bernhardt is speaking and you're contemplating whether or not to go to his talk, you should go to his talk because there's a likelihood he's not going to release that yeah. talk on video. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good speaker. Yeah, he's very selective about what he releases on video. I find that interesting. So yeah, I saw his talk a few years ago, him speak. He should release it on like a limited vinyl press. Mm. <laughs> we can make that one of your speaker goals. On VHS. Uh, on that note, follow us on Twitter at TuringCool. Show notes are at Turing.cool. And uh, I'll talk to you all in two weeks. Peace. Bye. I wish Namecheap had a Terraform provider. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you want to make something on the internet, you should use Terraform. But Terraform needs to know how to talk to the APIs you're making things on. And not every provider is supported yet. What is doesn't Namecheap just register domains? They have they do DNS too, so you can have like um, you could theoretically have a uh, Terraform provider which sets up DNS records for you. So when your IP address or your instance changes, then you could just update the record at the same time. But even registering domains, anything with an HTTP, HTTP API. It's possible to be terraformed, right? True. I probably would not register a domain with Terraform. <laughs> it seems kind of weird to be like, I don't know, generate this string and then register the domain for it. Tear down my system. Unregister the domain. Yep. Yep. Can you unregister the domain? Do you get a dis- like? Do you get a refund if you do? Let me look at the DN. Like you can sell oh. a domain. There's a but... provider for DN DNS simple DN simple. How do you pronounce it? And all they only resource they have is a, is a DNS record. You can't get a domain through there through through Terraform at least. Uh, what else? Amazon has Route 53.